You're listening to the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast with Chicago attorney Dave Scriven Young. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 214 of the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast for May 31st, 2020. My name is Dave Scriven Young, an attorney from Chicago, Illinois, and I'll be your host. This podcast takes you on a daily journey to discover key principles in the areas of marketing, sales, and leadership for attorneys. So we're at the end of May, and uh, many businesses are going through phased reopenings uh, throughout this quarantine. And I want you to think about, as we go into June, um, and just take stock, because we've gone through many episodes here, and we've gone through a lot in our lives. And I want you just to, to get some perspective as to how you're the last couple of months have been. Did you gain any new skills? Did you, you know, what happened during that time? Whatever happened, I want you just to take some perspective and just think about the fact that we all survived. It doesn't matter right now if you learn something new. It doesn't matter if you feel like you've wasted the last couple of months. What what matters is that you're safe, hopefully you're healthy, and we've all gotten through this together. And now what we need to do is start planning uh, for the next, for this upcoming week. We need to start planning for this upcoming month and for the next three months to really, now that we've got through this period of quarantine, what are we going to do next? So one of the things that I've been encouraging uh, people to do, especially young attorneys, is to continue to build uh, their trustworthiness within the firm because you know one of the things that uh, people look at, partners look at when attempting, when giving out work, is to think about well, who is the most trustworthy person? Who's the person that's going to get it done? That's going to get it done well, and I can give this to without, and and I'll know um, that there won't be you know much much problem with it, and so. That's how, and and I wrote an article recently for the ABA about, you know, essentially in quarantine, how to get work. And I talked a lot about, you know, sort of, uh, you know, very uh, tactical strategies on what to do when you're on phone calls and, you know, how to make sure that you're available uh, for work, you know, when when partners give it out, especially in a remote uh, location. Um, If you're interested in that article, just let me know. I can send it to you. but at the end of the day, what we're talking about, no matter if you're in a remote situation, remote work, working from home situation, or if you're actually in the office, is you have to be trustworthy. And so that's where we're going with this, uh, with today's episode, uh, where Dr. John Maxwell in his book Leadership is basically taking us from being having a directing communication style to a connecting communication style. And step number four is trustworthiness. Uh, to be someone that others can count on. So I think this this applies for, as I said, you know, young attorneys who are trying to to get work, but also uh, for more experienced attorneys who want to be seen as a leader. You also have to remain trustworthy because just like the young associate wants the partner to rely um, or or be seen as being reliable. 
on the other hand, the leader, the more experienced lawyer, wants to be seen as reliable as well because that's one way to uh, keep clients. It's one way to uh, keep people as employees, as associates at your firm, is to be someone who is trustworthy because no one wants to work with or for someone who is not trustworthy. So Dr. Maxwell talks about two ways uh, to have uh, trustworthiness, to be that person that others can count on. Number one is, you know, he talks about just keeping your motives right. So your motive is to add value uh, to people and to help them. Um, then all is good. But there are some some ways that all of us get off track. And so three areas to be um, to be seen as someone who's uh, or and to be someone who's trustworthy is number one, uh, have integrity in your life. So somebody who uh, your word is your bond, that you're going to do what you say, and that you are someone that um, you're not going to lie, you're not going to uh, play, you know, play, play in that gray area. Um, you're going to be someone who um, tells the truth and acts with trustworthiness. It was interesting, I um, read an article recently about... Um, uh, quotations in a brief, and it seems like such a small thing, but it talked about how even you know clerks and judges uh, want to make you know want to make sure that your quotations are correct in a brief, and even to the small detail as you know making brackets when you're changing the quote a little bit or um, using ellipses appropriately, you have to make sure that everyone sees your work as being trustworthy because otherwise. You know, a judge, law clerk, they won't buy your arguments if they think that you're trying to pull one over on them. So having integrity in all your in every aspect of your life is, is extremely important. Number two, consistency in your actions. So that goes in terms of, you know, what time you get into the office, what time you're available for work. Um, you know, oftentimes as, as an attorney, especially as a younger attorney, it's hard to have a lot of consistency and a consistency because a lot of what you do is outside of your um, control. So, you know, like an end time for work was, was always a problem for me when I was in the office because I never knew I wanted to be available for um, the managing partner of my firm who gives me, you know, a lot of work. I want to be available for my client, for my clients. And so, Having a, a stop time uh, for your work that's um, reasonable but yet remains available, that's hard because, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you stop at five, people will be like, well, you're not working hard enough. But if you work, you work until, you know, 637, you know, that might even be, you know, too late for people. So trying to find that, you know, balance between the two is difficult, especially when you have a long commute, obviously, um, that's, that's not, not a problem these days, um, because we're not doing a lot of commuting and it's something to think about. Is this a good, you know, as you're planning for the next week and for the next month or so, how are you, how can you add that consistency into your life? One of the things that I've been thinking about is, you know, in terms of public transportation, how exactly am I going to get to work every day once the office opens? Am I going to go in five days a week? Am I going to go in less than that? Um, how am I going to set up my schedule to make sure that I'm not 
on the train when there are a million people there, you know, to make sure that I remain healthy. Something to think about, something that we all will need to plan as we get into this. And the third uh, part of being trustworthiness, to be trustworthy, excuse me, is to have competence in your work. That means that you do the work correctly and that you have a a lot of, uh, you show a lot of expertise uh, when you're doing that work. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of ways to gain competence. This is called a law of practice for a reason. Um, that, you know, you do something over and over and over again, you get good at it. And that's true whether you're writing interrogatories or you're doing a trial, you're examining a witness, you're taking a deposition. Um, so practice is important, um, but also making sure that you know the law and you gain, you gain strategies. And that's why things like reading publications, going to uh, CLEs, learning from you know, webinars and podcasts is, are all extremely important. So what happens, though, when you fail in one of those areas? Because you're going to fail. I fail at this all the time. And so the question is, how do you regain trust once you've lost it? So let's say you made a mistake in a brief or uh, you failed to be consistent where, you know, you overslept or, you know, something happens. What, what, what should you do? And the one, the one thing that you have to do is uh, you don't hide it. You don't bury a mistake that you make, uh, but you do what you can to make it right. And you communicate with the people um, that you've that uh, the mistake affects. So it's a very sort of simple process uh, that Dr. Maxwell outlines. Although actually doing it is hard work because you don't want to um, you don't want to let people know that you failed, but you do. And I'll explain. I'll give you an example of how this happened in my life. Um, so number one, Dr. Maxwell says you have to fully acknowledge what you've done wrong. Two, you explain exactly what you're going to do to to make things right or to try to make things right. Three, you give the other person an opportunity to share their perspective and add anything to what I shared with them. Number four, you do the work to fix the problem. Five, you follow up with them to confirm that the problem was fixed to their satisfaction. And so, you know, this happened to me uh, pretty early on um, when, as I had started with uh, the second firm that I was at, um, you know, I, I got brought in uh, to work at this firm to work on uh, several different um, environmental matters, and particularly. And uh, when I got into the case, you know, they or into the firm, you know, they just throw stuff at you. And you know, this happens anytime you're at a new firm, and they want you to jump in on these cases. Well, you just get thrown into a lot of stuff, and you don't necessarily know all the, all the parties involved, you don't know the attorneys involved. There are lots of moving pieces that you don't necessarily know or understand. And so I, I wrote this brief and, you know, we got it filed and that sort of thing. And then uh, later on, I realized because a deadline for response had come and gone that I actually um, did not serve the main party who the motion was against with the brief. And so, you know, not a huge deal, not, not, a, um, not a big problem, but um, to me it was a big deal because, you know, I was trying, I had just started at this firm, I was trying to make, 
make the make my colleagues understand that I'm you know someone who could be trusted, who does good work, and then I go and I make this this mistake. I didn't you know, I wouldn't say it was you know I. Although I would like to blame other people, it, it was really was my fault uh, because I should have made sure that all of the parties were on the surface list. And so, um, you know, I thought about it for a while and sort of got up my courage and went to go talk to one of the junior partners who basically oversaw or oversaw uh, uh, these cases. And I told him what happened. You know, I said, you know, I I realized that. Um, you know, that motion that I wrote actually did not get served on, you know, party X. And, you know, what I would really like to do is, you know, go ahead and uh, serve the party, uh, let the attorney know that it was, that it was my mistake and that just wanted to give them, you know, some additional time uh, to answer. Um, And then if I had to go on a motion to allow uh, an extension of time uh, because of my error, and then I apologized um, but you know, really followed this process without really, uh, without really knowing it, knowing that it was a process, but just letting them know what happened, and it turned out, it turned out being fine. You know, the junior partner was completely understandable. You know, appreciated um, my honesty, um, and then we just moved on from there, and it all worked out. Um, but the point is, is that whether your mistakes are small or large, you have to own up to it. Um, then you have to make a, you have to, not only do you have to come up with a plan um, to right the wrong, but then you also have to get other people to approve that, whether that's a junior or senior partner, whether that's a client. I mean, there are lots of, a lot of moving pieces uh, when you make a mistake, you know, even, you know, an insurance carrier possibly if it's a malpractice situation. But the worst thing that you can do, sit on it, hide it, and bury it. Uh, because uh, that's not good for anybody. It's really not not good for yourself in terms of your mental health because you're just going to think about it um, and it's going to come up every day um, and it's better just to take care of it than to let it fester. So uh, for your daily action item today, I really want you to think about how you're going to in the next week, in the next month, what your plans are for sort of reopening um, and how you're going to continue to build the trust uh, that you have with your clients, uh, with other people in your office, maybe with the the more senior person, uh, because that's really um, an important, maybe the most important thing um, is having an attorney who is trustworthy um, and can follow through on what they say they're going to follow through on. So I invite you to join in this discussion. You can Leave me a voicemail by going to anchor.fm slash attorney DSY and hit that message button. You can leave me a comment for me to play on the show or a question for me to answer. You can also leave me a comment or question on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at attorney DSY. I'm also on LinkedIn on my personal profile. So let me know if you have any comments about this episode. Tell me what you think about this podcast or give me a topic you'd like to hear about. This podcast is on all the uh, platforms for um, podcasts, so please be sure to subscribe and rate and review. I also want to invite you to the next session of the Lawyer's Emotional Intelligence Book Club. We're continuing on with Dr. Raman Chatterjee's book, The Stress Solution. The next session will be Thursday. This is scheduling change, uh, June 4th at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. You can find out more at facebook.com slash lawyerseq. Have a great day or night, and remember to fight for the lifestyle that you want and become the rainmaker that you need to be.